Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com. Joined each week by <laughs> host Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. And speaking of Mark and the Star Tribune, Mark's going to, his, uh, his mock draft and his all his prognostications are coming out in the paper tomorrow. This is being taped on, on uh, Wednesday the 27th, the day before the NFL crapshoot, I mean the NFL draft. And uh, Mark's going to lay out how, he's, how it's going to go tomorrow and he's going to uh, <laughs> predict the Vikings uh, pick. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the show, so you got to stick around for that. So we have to see what Mark uh, – what Mark thinks the Vikings will do because I think it's a crap shoot. So my picks are crap. So that, there you go. How about that? I think all the picks are crap, but uh, <laughs> people love it. Um, yeah. If, uh, if my overall record was, uh, was laid out in front of us, uh, mm -hmm. would not be good. All it takes is one, one domino, one trade. And it just kind of goes, uh, goes by the wayside, but it's, it's a fun thing. People, for whatever they must have short memories because you know they like you know I, i'm still the mark 1.0 and that's it mm -hmm. uh whereas you know some people are up to 14 15 whatever uh if you if you were to like do a google search uh, you'll see some 14s and 15s and i imagine if you just take every possible combination and just mix it around I mean, then you can, as that's a, they can say they're right. I mean, you know, I know nobody comes back and says, oh, you said this and they did this, but, you know, there's no, there's no accountability for your mock or anybody else's. But so why is somebody doing 14? So they say, yeah, I nailed it on this one, you know. Uh, did you ever hear of click clicks? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if you want clicks, just keep pumping them out there. If we only had more time to break down this draft, Joe, if we could just move it back a little to, you know, Eventually, we would have like the Vikings. They might take a punter or a kicker, or they might take like a long snapper in the first round. We, you know, it's a possibility, but uh, stay tuned. This might be your uh, one of your. You have a few favorite days of the year in the NFL calendar. This has got to be probably one of them because the speculation stops. Would it? Would I be wrong in that estimation? Oh, it doesn't stop. I mean, it, it's cranking all the way up until, you know. Uh, and, and this this very well could happen. I mean, we've already we've already seen uh, when you don't have a quarterback that's the, that's the guy like Trevor. Even in a great quarterback class, Trevor Lawrence was the guy. There was kind of no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think the Jaguars might have even said that was the guy. You know, this year now you got you know Aiden Hutchinson for months and months and months appeared to be the number one guy. Sprinkled in there with the uh, Icky, the guy from the uh, NC State, uh, the t offensive tackle. Well, now it's you know could. Now it's looking like uh, uh, the kid from Georgia, the, the edge rusher from Georgia will be number one. So maybe it's right. Maybe it's just this never-ending, let's just cram it. Let's get as much of you know, speculation and talk as we can, sort of like you and I are doing right now. Right. Um, so, uh, until we get up to, to kickoff. Uh, when, uh, uh, you know, and what am I uh, – I took a look uh, for, for Friday's paper off a of, off of Thursday night. I sort of have freedom because we have guys that chase the news and do a great job with that. Uh, so I'm looking at the uh, how how the draft used to be. Talking to Bud Grant about when he was drafted in 1950. Nice. And then their night then their 1967 draft, where you know Bud's first first draft, where he comes in like a, a week before the draft, and Jim Finks is in the hospital, and uh, and they're making picks. You know, just the three of three of these guys. Uh, and just compare it to how you know tomorrow night I'm, I'll be at the, 
instead of watching TV at TCO, I'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium, you know, with the, the draft party. So just kind of this, just how this each and every year it's gotten bigger and bigger, which is hard to, it's hard to do when it's already massive. It's amazing how it has grown. I mean, even the, uh, in the 10 years that I was covering the team, I, I saw it grow come, you know, I mean, every, you know, certainly there were draft parties back then, but uh, uh, it it's, I, I came to realize that, well, maybe it's just a Minnesota thing because they're out of the playoffs before the season ended, but that season, that, that off season of draft speculation starts immediately and just rises to a fever pitch, almost like it's a season on and of itself. Whereas that, you know, as that you go each week and win games and you try to figure out how the Vikings are going to get the, this, this draft business is, is out of hand. It's just nuts. Well, it's, it's, it's become its own season. I mean, you know, for years, the Browns, you know, the Browns don't have a, they don't, the Browns don't have a first round pick until like, uh, you know, 3,000. Uh, so, you know, they've given up three or three in a row. Uh, but for years, every single year, it was the you – because know, the Browns would take – you know, the year that they got two or three picks in the first round, and one of them, well, they got their quarterback, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn's your long-term quarterback, and, and they got another position, and they, and they won the draft. They must have won two or three drafts in a row. Um, and, you know, it's just like, obviously – Just like the Cavaliers did. Well, yeah. then, but then they, yeah, but then they, uh, well, he had, he left and he came back, but yeah, yeah they did. They, I mean, in NBA, you can, you can become a great team just by getting that first pick. I mean, it's, right. it's apples and oranges. Uh, the, the, the NBA draft. Yeah. If you're, you've got the first pick and it's a LeBron James year, it's, that's all you need. I mean, I'd love to be a general manager in that situation. Who'd you take LeBron James? Right. And then you know, it was a one or two years later they, they got the pick overall again. They had that little kid in there, you know, at the at the lottery where you know the draft comes out. And it, it's like Cleveland had the first overall pick, like wasn't it two or three years in a five year span? It was well, there was a bunch of them, even even going back to Brad Doherty in the wow, maybe in the nineties. You're old, uh, so yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're definitely old. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it is. It is crazy business, and and you know, uh, or I saw somebody online. Someone asked a question on Twitter before it became Elon Musk's Twitter. I must I must say, uh, they said, "What is the some best line you ever heard regarding the NFL draft?" And it was, and there was this clip of some guy saying so from the Colts. I must have been Irsay saying, "Who the hell is Mel Kiper?" <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was yeah, that was the famous. Uh, you know, that was like ninety one or. Maybe ninety one, ninety two. Maybe yeah. Uh, but you know, hats off to Mel Kiper. He's the. I mean, I respect Mel Kiper because he saw this. He and Joel Bushbaum, the late Joel Bushbaum, yeah. um, they saw this as something that the, even the league didn't see it as. Um, you know, there's there's stories about uh, about Pete Rozelle saying you got you know like to ESPN like in nineteen eighty saying you want to televise this? Are you sure? Like, like they, they, you know, so. And when Mel and Mel Kiper did it before that, you know, the internet, and you bought his book, and he did the you know did the legwork on it, and so whenever you, people were writing stories, you know, off the draft, we didn't know we didn't know these guys, um, you know, you you're or you didn't know very much about them until you got close to the draft. And you did some draft stories, uh, and then, you know, that's was your bible was the kind of the Mel Kiper's, uh, just giving you numbers and stats and. Yep. You know uh, some uh, intel on these guys. Well, now 
the reason you have a billion mock drafts is because it starts with the Mel Kuypers and he's still Mel. Mel's still in the business and, you know, as hot as ever. And then they bring in Todd McShay, probably to balance Mel out. Maybe it's both their, their contracts are probably to where they kind of keep them in control. I don't know. But, you know, he's the one that started. He's He is among the group that started it and saw this for what it is. And right. I never would have believed it, but he was, he was spot on and became a bazillionaire because of it. I mean, you, you covered the NFL uh, as well as the Vikings for the Star Tribune, and um, you have to do your one mock every year and, and you don't know, do a million of them. But do you, you know, I know you're from Cleveland and I OSU guy to a degree. Um, do you spend a lot of time in college ranks, you know, uh, grinding, watching, watching film or watching, watching a lot of college games? You know, I know during the football NFL season, you're busy with that. And I could never do it. I could never sit there and know all these guys and, you know, have to, but, you know, to be perfectly honest, you don't have to anymore. You can just, you know, a couple of weeks before the draft, you can go online, start reading who these guys are and watch film if you want. But I mean, was that a, was that a part of your ritual? I mean, do you, do you, uh... well, you know, if you, if you like watching college football now, uh, you see a lot of games and you, you know, there's a lot of games to see. There's a lot of highlights to watch. There's a lot of, you know, I think if you just get caught up and looking at highlights, you know, you're going to miss what guys really are. Um, you know, I'm still from the era where we talked to the experts. We didn't become the experts. We Somewhere along the line, journalists uh, uh, eliminated the middleman and became the, the experts. Hmm. Um, you know, used to, used, to, I mean, used to also get a little better information, you know, from guys because it wasn't, if a guy said something, it, it wasn't, boom, it was didn't appear before. You know, before you sat down in your chair, you know, I mean, we, we do interviews at TCO or wherever, where if, if we spend a minute talking to someone after the interview, it's already been processed and reprocessed and, and diced and sliced and, and, and torn up uh, and put out there on us already. So uh, it's a quasi calling me to see who, who I'm picking. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Quasey, I yeah, I can't take, take someone really good. <laughs> well yeah i had that that full calls from zim and you're getting them from quasi that's pretty good that shows you where we're at well mark i i i do want to ask you a, a question in general about this year's draft and just you know and what reading and watching and talking and everything else i've been listening and doing uh it, it sounds like there's not a huge consensus near the top of the draft like there is in years past now granted the consensus can get blown out and has been blown out years past you know people say oh this is going to happen this is going to happen but there are plenty of drafts where we all know who's number one you know we all know there's number two you know this year the quarterbacks aren't that big a deal so it's not that cut and dry um is uh how does that how would you assess this year's uh at least well, last Thursday night's first round to, you know in general what do you do you think there's going to be a, a lot of surprises because of that or is uh, are you finding some uh, consensus there at the top that uh, we can count on, maybe? Well, that's why I say, you know, now the, the consensus was Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's the most polished guy, probably going to be the guy that's, that's the best prospect, uh, proven prospect. But now that Trayvon Walker has kind of entered the mix, supposedly, in Jacksonville, saying that, you know, Peter King, among others, saying that there could be a surprise at the top of the draft. Um, you know, last year it was Trevor Lawrence, even though, well, it was Trevor Lawrence 
I think pretty much all, all the way through, but there was, you know, occasionally there was the, you know, uh, or to do maybe with like the third pick last year with like the 49ers went up. Well, did, did they go up to get Mac Jones? Well, did they, no one thought that they would went up to get Trey Lance. Right. And that was kind of a surprise, uh, you know, at least until the draft started taking place and things started leaking out. Uh, but, you know, even like, like historically great number one picks, you know, Peyton Manning, uh, I think if I remember correctly, was considered, you know, like it's probably going to be Peyton Manning, but it could have been Ryan Leaf. And it's like, yeah. who's going to go one, two, one, two. And, he, you know, he had one of the best quarterbacks ever taken and one of the biggest busts ever right. taken, boom, boom, 10 minutes apart. Crazy. Um, you know, in in 2005, I think it was, or six, 2005, it was, is it going to be Aaron Rodgers or is it going to be Alex Smith? I, I think my mock draft had Aaron Rodgers. I, so I knew, I knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, my, my number one pick got taken yeah. at number 24, uh, whereas Alex Smith gets picked number one. So you were you were right, you were wrong on draft day, but you were right as the as the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally nailed him as a, you know, a four-time, is it four now? Four-time MVP, you know, all nice. that stuff. Well, you know, uh, so it, it might be a little crazy tomorrow night, you know, uh, with with things that are unexpected, and I, and I think it will be. And actual will make it a fun one to watch, if uh, if not everything goes by by the, the expectations. But perhaps one thing that we can count on uh, happen this week, um, if you're crazy for crazy out there, and God, I'm glad I can be able to say that I just had a, you know, dental procedure, so I still got some. Some Novocaine in there, but uh, uh, he was he came out and did his pre draft uh, chat uh, with the media, and he says, uh, uh, you know, the, the stats out there in the last five years, the Vikings traded for twenty one draft picks in the sixth round or lower, which is a crazy, crazy stat. It sounds like you know when you look at that now, it's like was that guy trying to make up for mistakes they already made, so they had to get more cracks at whatever was going on. We'll talk about that. But uh, Quasi said, there's no amount of seventh-round picks that will equal the value of the fat first pick. And I think I speak for a lot of Minnesota Vikings fans that say, thank you, dear God, thank you, Quasi, that uh, we can expect it. You know, we can hopefully see the Vikings take somebody on Thursday night. And I know when I sat there and I would go out to TC over a winter park and, and, and watch, you know, have to cover these draft nights, I couldn't believe how many times I sat there and watched Rick Spielman trade out of that first pick or, or move around and then move back in. And it's like, you, you start writing a story about what's, what's happening and then it changes again. It it's uh, it's crazy, but maybe we can count on uh crazy who may have thrown a little shade at old Rick, but it, he's not, he's not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Rick ever traded out of the first round and got a bunch of seventh rounders. I don't think. No, I know that. That's the, uh, you know, and this guy, this guy very well could trade down too because of where he's at and because of the fact that they, you know, they probably want to come out of there with a cornerback. And let's face it, the, the way things are going, the top two are going to be gone. So you'd be settling for the third corner at number 12 when maybe you can trade down and, uh, and get to that third corner in the, low teens or whatever. So that's not, I mean, this guy, because he said that doesn't mean he, that he won't trade down no. an, anal, an analytics guy probably is more likely to, I mean, the, the Browns, you know, we, we've kind of like, um, 
in the short time that Quasi's been here, acting like the Browns are the were like the Steelers of the '70s when it came to drafting. I mean, the Browns haven't done anything super uh, fantastic in the in the short brief time. I mean, they you know so, but they they were a team that uh, this was maybe when uh, Quasi or uh, Barry was there the first time before he came back. You know, they were you know when they they were trading down, down, down all the time. And so, you know, they're probably more likely to trade down um, with Quasey looking at all this and, t- and taking all this information in. And a lot of what Quasey says is kind of the same. St- he didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't reveal anything. Right. Um, and neither did Rick and Rick, you know, kind of got took heat for it. Quasey says it kind of has a way of saying nothing in a friendly um, fancy way. So um, and, and I agree with him. I agree with a lot of things, you know, and, uh, you know, he just has a very articulate way of explaining his point man role in this and taking all the information. Well, you know, it was Rick wasn't ruling from high on, on top either. He was taking in information as well. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's what, what we need, what needs to happen with this group is I, I like where they're at. I, I sort of, I get a good feeling about these guys, but it's time, you know. I, I'm looking so look, looking forward to them having a track record, and not this blank sheet where you can, they can be perceived in any way. Whenever there's nothing behind them or but you know under their belt, where you know, here's what here's what they did last year. Here's what they did five years ago. You know, Rick had a blind spot probably with the offensive linemen in those middle rounds, trying to trying to get those guys in the third, fourth, fifth round. Uh, or getting linebackers late in the draft or, you know, uh, trading down and getting all those seventh round picks that may not have worked out. Um, you know, what, what is going to be, you know, Quasi's, you know, strengths and weaknesses, because yeah. he's going to have them. Everybody, everybody has the strengths and weaknesses. We get to start checking that out very soon. Not yes. I, I, I didn't mean to imply that Rick was trading out of the first round to go pick up seventh rounders, but he did trade some high middle rounders in his, in his uh, career and pick up sixth and seven rounders when you're just scratching your head, when you think you're finally going to get a body, but um, he also traded out of the first round and then traded back in, in that famous year of Harrison Smith. Uh, who's the, uh, uh, the receiver he got and he got a, a, a line. Cordero. Cordero Patterson. Got, yes. He got Patterson, uh, Sharif Floyd, I believe. And, and Smith, um, yeah. And which Smith. was, you know, and so a lot of, that was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, for a while when Rick was on top a little bit, you know, he was retelling the story of how he was given his press conference and they got word that they could get Harrison Smith. So he, you know, like Superman heading for the phone booth, you know, he tra- charged off, you know, and that he was praised for that. And uh, now, you know, uh, we look at what, you know, they, they've taken how many corners in the top two rounds the past five years or whatever. Well, you know, they're for different reasons, you know, Mike Hughes, they screwed up his neck, uh, are diagnosing and treating his neck and Jeff Gladney that they released him because of his, of his off the field issues, which he was found innocent of and is now in Arizona. Uh, so, you know, they were taken and he took, he took swings at the offensive line last year. I think people, you know, if, if Darisaw stays healthy, people could be happy with, 
know, the fact that they traded down, still got that at left tackle yeah. that could, could be long-term. And also gave him an extra swing in the third round, which they turned into Kellen Mond, which didn't work out last year. We'll fi- we're going to find out real quick what, uh, you know, what Kevin O'Connell really thinks about this guy. If they, if they don't take a, a quarterback in those mid rounds, then that tells me that they, they think that there's something there with Kellen Mond. If you see a quarterback taken in the third round, that means that they don't think Kellen Mond's worth anything. So we'll find out, um, you know, but I don't think the quarterback position is going to get addressed this year, obviously as a starter. No, no, but uh, they got to start, you know, finding the exit strategy. Uh, Spielman tried to do that a little bit last year with, with, uh, with Kellen Mond. uh, But now we got a new regime. So see what they're, you know, they got, they got to start putting together an exit strategy unless, Kirk wins the Super Bowl this year and then give him some more money. He will have earned it. Um, well, yeah, well, as Mark said, uh, you know, he's looking forward to a track record for, for Quasi to see how he does. And that will means will be, it'll allow us to quit talk, looking back and we can start looking forward. So we're going to do that in the next segment and we'll take a break right now and uh, come back and talk some more draft talk. Stick around and make sure you see what uh, Mark's going to say in his mock because we've been waiting for that one mock with one mock it's all the more intense and powerful the pressure the pressure yeah. is on exactly if i miss if i miss these then it's not not pretty so come on back to the vikings territory breakdown all right welcome back to vikings territory breakdown i'm glad mike took down uh the vikings territory bug that was in the middle of the screen you know because because I wasn't sure how I was going to get Mankato Brewery in there, but now I can. There you go. To talk there about. you go. And I'll be drinking some tomorrow night during the draft for sure, and so you should as well. Uh, Mark, this week uh, I saw <laughs> – I'm just laughing because I was, when I sent this to you, I, yeah, your response to it was pretty funny. But uh, I saw, uh, according to PFF, the Vikings are not expected to pick up Garrett Bradbury's fifth-year option and you said uh pff and anybody with a brain thought thought that uh half, half a brain, half half a brain. brain. <laughs> i'm also hearing that the vikings you, you have a little bit of receiver in your in your history right yes i do uh the vikings will not take joe oberly in the first round oh, man i don't know i i uh good thing i get or the seventh i you're from, you're from mankato you're from mankato though maybe you could be a free agent i could be that's right. I could I could be undrafted or picked up. You know, I, I got uh, connections. I had a kid that went to MSU. It wasn't me, but uh, uh, we should. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, yes, yeah, so they're not. You know, it, well, it, it it's it's interesting news, and it's yeah, it's like you said, not unexpected, but it's going to shake up uh, shake up uh, uh, the Vikings and what they might do in this draft. They're going to have to be looking for some some center people. You know, at least to backfill and and back up. Uh, uh, Garrett Bradbury, unless he has this phenomenal year that Kevin O'Connell predicted, he could he could really work with him this year and figure out how to use him. Say in that coach speak at you know when he first came to town, um, what do you what do you think uh, this does, Mark? Because you know there is you know you kind of touch you know, hinted at a little bit earlier. The Vikings have taken plenty of hits at the line. Uh, you know even though year after year when I would do this podcast with Joe Johnson. He would complain about them not dressing the line. I did years ago, and then he took over with in vehemence uh, about this. 
But, you know, behind cornerbacks, it was the second highest position they've drafted on the team. Um, and they just have not succeeded very well with it. Uh, now, granted, you know, that's five positions on the line compared to two or maybe three in cornerback. But still, they, they, they have taken their shots. And they're going to have to take another one now that uh, eventually uh, Garrett Bradbury might be gone. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly, you know, the potential is there. But, you know, they, they kept swinging, swinging, swinging. And then they finally they got Brian O'Neill, Ezra Cleveland. And, and you yeah, know, right now I would put Darisaw in that success swing, you know, because um, my biggest thing with him is, is going to be. Yeah. What I Go said, ahead. Brian O'Neill. Yeah, I Brian O'Neill. I, I would put Brian O'Neill. I said, I said Brian O'Neill. They, they, they got him. And they got you know Ezra Cleveland. I would say is is a guy that when you're not talking about their position, they're they're a guy that's established and 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 something that you succeeded in in picking them. Uh, and Darisaw is just an injury thing, but I think he's qualified to be a left tackle for years to come. So you know, and Bradbury, they're still saying this kind of uh, you know we well we can you know our system will help him and all that. Stuff. You got to see that to believe it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, that's 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 in the mix as you're looking at your however many picks they have. Eight picks is interior guy that has the ability to play center, and you know, so uh, certainly that's 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 a you know, it's just definitely a make or break year for for Bradbury, no question. Yeah, and I, I you know the the lineman I see going in the first round prognostications anyway in mock drafts are our tackles and there's nobody talking about a center. So I, I wouldn't expect the Vikings to jump on uh, anybody early in is to replace him or, or play behind him while he finishes out his contract. But uh, um, it's, it's such an important position. And certainly, uh, you know, I don't know where Kirk is. I mean, with, with, with Garrett Bradbury and we love Kirk to have all his, his nice little security blankets and Sean Mannion and, and all these receivers and blah, blah, blah. We want it just perfect for Kirk. So he can, he can win. I, I think it's, it's going to be a pretty important position to address, you know, now that uh, this was re- report has come out. Um, so I don't know, second, third, uh, maybe fourth round, maybe, I don't know. I, I mean, Kirk will be comfortable with anybody who's strong enough and stout enough to not have, um, the Kenny Clarks of the world pick up his center and throw them at him, you know, that, or the Akeem Hicks of the world that, that blow up, uh, you know, either uh, Mason Cole or, or Bradbury, you know, uh, it, Bradbury might be a nice guy. They might be buddies. I have no idea, but what's going to make Kirk cousins comfortable is having the front of that pocket, you know, where he can step up because that's the only way Kirk cousins, Kirk Cousins is not. I'm sure someone will write about it in the in the training camp about Kirk going off script and all this stuff. Well, Kirk doesn't go off script. Kirk needs a pocket. Kirk needs. He's got the arm strength. He's got the uh, the ability, the accuracy to find a receiver. But he needs a pocket, and that's what you got to give. How much would you assess the lack of success? Uh, or the lack of prote- lack of success for Kirk and the lack of protection for him on Garrett Bradbury. I mean, we certainly saw those plays, you know, over and over again online where that you just described when Kenny Clark picked him up and threw him back at at the quarterback. Uh, 
but d- is is this is this the right move to to kind of just start moving away from him? Is it was has his tenure been that down? You know, certainly people are down on him, but uh, I, mean, I I don't think he's uh, he's because you can't you can't fix everything in one year. So you gotta there's certain things that you gotta look at and say, okay, this this guy just needs to get better. He needs to get better, but he's also. Um, been saddled that right guard position has been so unsettled and not yeah you know that's that's the bigger that if you have to look at the issues the bigger issue is the right guard position I mean we thought Ole was going to be a guy that could do that because he was he's a, he's as big as a tackle he's we thought that he might be quick enough as, as a guard but I you know he's he reaches and grabs too much and which tells you that's it's a little too um it's still it's they're moving a little too quick for him inside like that. So I don't know that he's obviously not the answer because they went out and got two guys that two more guys that can compete there. Uh, we'll find out this one guy that's got 72 starts from, from Miami. He comes in there uh, and help that, that a better right guard is going to help uh, Bradbury be a better center just because the nature of that position it has to be, you know, it, it literally, it's the old cliche. It's you're as strong as your weakest link. And so you've got to have that uh, across the board there. I, I would uh, think one of those two positions is going to be grabbed in the second, third round. Do, is, is Am I reaching with that uh, with that prediction? That's about as much as I have to say. What either center or or a guard of the future, that if they if they just, in there. You know, it just, it really depends on what they end up taking in the, in that first, in that first round, you know, I'm not, I mean, cornerback would be the, the spot if it's a perfect world and Stingley drops to him. And, yeah, you know, we all, you know, he's reunited with his position coach from LSU. He's got Patrick Peterson uh, mentoring him. He's a great talent, but I think he's just too good to be there at 12. And I don't see him going up to get him. Uh, Mark, so if you take, Mark, if you. I saw it right before we got on, I saw someone say he's expected now to go number three. Stingley, <laughs> uh, that that could be you know Houston is is number three. We don't know what Houston's going to do. Um, Houston could do anything, right? Um, I mean, their roster is a disaster, and they they're not the the best run organization in the world. They could do anything, but that's not saying that would be a mistake to go three. Um, I think he's going to be. I'll tell you where I, later where I think he's going, but um, he's if you look at him, and he, all, only question about him is his is his foot and just, you know, the fact that he hasn't played the last two years. But when you look at, you know, physically what he's doing now is his workouts, you know, what he, what he's capable of doing when LSU was winning a national championship. I mean, he's, he's a hard guy to overlook. Uh, And I, I would take him ahead. I mean, you know, famous last words. We don't know. I mean, it's like you said, it's a crapshoot, but I'd take him over the guy from Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to be wild. Um, well, let, let's take another quick break and uh, maybe my uh, Novocaine will completely go away by then and we'll come back and there, there's some other buzz that, that just keeps permeating. I, I, about uh, the Vikings potentially taking a wide receiver at number 12. And I know that you kind of balked at that early on. Of course, we may find out that's, not, not how do you think now? Who knows? But uh, we're going to come back in the next segment, talk a little bit about that, and then we'll we'll eventually get to uh, Mark's mock draft. So so stick around for that and uh, come on back. Thanks.
All right, welcome back to this pre-draft Vikings territory breakdown with myself and Mark Craig. Mark, uh, more news uh, from the Quasi presser. Uh, he uh, he talked about his wide receivers coach, Keenan McCardell, uh, who was who came in and uh, started lobbying for a non-wide receiver at that first-round position. I mean, first of all, something like that is is totally amazing <laughs> you know, that, that a coach or assistant coach would do that. Second of all, Quasey took the advantage or, you know, the opportunity to say, it's not about my decision. It's about us. It's about we, you know, and, and came out there and, and waved that flag, which, you know, was probably a good move by him, but it, uh, it it's crazy in uh, to, to hear that someone would say that. Now, I, I personally feel that a wide receiver that position is not needed because it's a deep wide receiver draft. You can always get a good wide receiver later, and the Vikings are pretty good at that position right now. But uh, l- let me just uh, get off my soapbox here and say, Mark, what was your reaction to that comment from from Keenan? I don't know. I, I think it was it, that was his way of illustrating that they're all co- you know it's a collaboration and they're all in. in in this as a team and everything. I don't know. It, it, uh, I got the impression it was from like, they had a mock draft going and they were going through their different scenario of mock drafts. And when it came to their pick, you know, who not, he, you know, I don't think Quasi said, you know, how many receivers had been taken before that and who the receiver was and who the, who the guy that Keenan McCardle wanted. Uh, so to me, if it's like, uh, you know, Derek Stingley or, or the fourth receiver, you know, I guess a little more context would have helped, but yeah, yeah. it's it, it'd be unusual for for a uh, position coach to stand on the table and pound the table for someone else. But um, it doesn't shock me if if it's a if it's a no brainer. If it's like, uh, you know, who do you, who do you take? Uh, say say Aiden Hutchinson drops to twelve, and who do you take him or you know the fourth receiver? You know, yeah, yeah. I if I'm the receivers coach, I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'd take Aiden Hutchinson. You know, <laughs> it, it just it, it it was a unique thing I'd ever I'd ever heard before because usually you you probably want your coaches advocating to to bolster their position because that helps them. You know, as the coach, you know maybe if they, if they got better talent, you can always do better. But uh, uh, it, it it was kind of fun. Hey, Keenan survived uh, the a nuclear explosion after the season. It's, he was he was a he and a. Just uh, how many of one? There weren't many that survived the. Uh, I mean, uh, we we are uh, the only thing that's that's maybe keep, keeping you from being a complete one eighty from last year is, is maybe Keenan McCardell and then I don't know. That's about it, you know. because yeah. so, and he's got Justin Jefferson. But as far as uh, you know, the the thought of a receiver, it's it's not ludicrous. It's not. I mean, I think I got seven receivers going in the first round, but none of them really. None of them in the. None of them in the top ten. So wow. there's gonna when you when you get to about where the Vike I think when you get to about where the Vikings are gonna start picking where like the uh, Washington and then uh, the Vikings you're gonna see a lot of teams that, that uh, you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a need for a lot of teams but a a great you know uh, young cheap receiver because we've seen the price tag on receivers go through the roof now. It's almost becoming like a quarterback situation where you you, you want to get a, a young, cheap receiver who's going to be great for four years before you have to pay him. Because 
all right, now they're, they're having to pay and overpay probably based on his age, uh, Adam Thielen. Now Thielen's on the books for, I'm not a cap guy, but it's on the books for like 19 million next year or something like that for a cap number. That's going to be too big. Yeah. Justin Jefferson is coming up on a, you know, back up the Brinks truck on him. So, you know, this could be a pick that's made, uh, you know, a little bit with, with this year in mind, because, you, you know, KG Osborne is not the world's greatest number three receiver. He, you know, so he did a he's fantastic job. No, he's not bad at all. But I'm saying if you can get it, say it's receivers, you're, he stands out above all other positions. It's, you know, you've got your receiver on your board up here and your corner down here to, I would take the receiver and uh, because, you know, Thielen's going to be moving on relatively soon. And uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be making a boatload of money pretty soon. And if you can get a number one pick that comes in and plays alongside Justin Jefferson long-term and, and, and Thielen and Jefferson for the near future, that's, that's pretty good. So well, you also that's not, got- it's not out of the question. You also got uh, Irv Smith coming back. And like you said, how many times on this podcast, there's only one football and how many of them are going to be happy if they're not, you know, getting the book football thrown to them enough, you know, if you right. Irv, Irv Smith is another guy that's in his last year uh, of oh. his contract. So you're looking at, you know, you, you're not just looking at this year, especially uh, if you're, you know, there, this is not like last year. I mean, the, the, that, that regime knew that the moves they had to make, had to be for this year, which is probably why Zimmer is so pissed about him being having Kellen Mond because he needed he needed help right now, uh, and Kellen Mond was not going to help him right now. He was a pretty high pick, um, so you know th- this this regime has has a certain a lot more grace period. Uh, so you could see a, a lot of different things. You could see uh, you might have mentioned him the. The receiver from Alabama that tore his ACL in the national championship game could be, you say he's a guy that doesn't play this year or doesn't play till late, you know, and he's, he's here for next, he's here for two, 2023 mm-hmm. and Thielen moves on or, or whatever, however they work that out. Suddenly that looks like a great pick. That's, that's you don't know. I, I didn't even realize that, you know, when I meant through his name out there, Jamison Williams, but uh, I didn't realize that he would possibly you know, well then, then then you are planning for ahead. You're not planning for now. And I and I'm speaking for for Vikings fans. I would say the heck with that. That's Rob Bazinski's problem. You know, give me a give me the best player available this year, and and uh, let's take this competitive rebuild and take back the North and get in the playoffs. For well, what what if the best player available truly is a receiver? I mean, yeah. then you take a receiver. You, you know, you know it's uh, if you want a corner just to have the the to uh, the initials next to the name, you know, then if he's not, if he's not worthy of the 12th pick and you can't trade down, then you, I would rather have the great player than the good player that fits a hole right now. I would too. I would too. Yeah. And, you know, suddenly if he, if, if, if Williams is damaged goods, he slides down in my, in my book, because there's too many other receivers that maybe it could help you help you sooner. But um, I wanted to ask you this question. It's probably kind of, uh, I don't know, either obvious or dumb or whatever, but um, it has to do with the idea of of somebody dropping down that you didn't expect, and it's something that maybe we could see happen in this first round. I mean, the Vikings have their board. They've got their ideas. They know their needs. They've got their players ranked. They've 
done apparently they've done their their own mock draft and suddenly uh somebody drops way down the board for what reason or the other we certainly know about randy moss in 1998 when all of a sudden he was still there at yeah. 19 or 20 and and danny green jumped on it you know because his, his his problems off field you know made him drop and he made everybody else in the NFL pay. Um, or Justin Jefferson was there, a pick. You know, the Eagles took uh, Rager in front of him. Uh, and you, you probably have seen that 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 thing online where Zimmer and Spielman are giddy as hell because he's there. So suddenly it looks like, you know, you got your plan and all of a sudden this happens and then you got to jump. What – yeah, the reason for asking all this, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people do that. They they have to do that. If suddenly a can't miss player is is in your lap, you have to take them no matter what your needs are or what your plan is. But what about if someone like Malik Willis drops down, quarterback drops all the way down to twelve? And I've I've seen a couple places this morning where uh, the Vikings have been well uh, slotted to, to grab him because he did. Um, that, that would certainly tell you, as you said earlier, about uh, uh, what's his name, Kellerman. We wouldn't know about him. But do you think Do you think that, that to me, would not be such a cut and dry, okay, this guy dropped, we got to grab him, you know, somehow. Well, up. no, I, I mean, there's there's no quarterback. I mean, uh, Malik Willis has been also been uh, uh, tabbed to go to Pittsburgh at 20 or Kenny Pickett to, to Pittsburgh at 20. Believe me, they – these, there's no quarterback that's good enough that 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 they that's like a surefire top ten quarterback that they haven't thought about. That wouldn't be a surprise to them if they want him. If they want a quarterback, they they're prepared to take one of those those guys because this is not a this is not a uh, what do you do if Trevor Lawrence falls or what do you do if uh, even Zach Wilson falls? Uh, you know, this is these are guys that very well could be there at twelve. In fact, in fact, a lot of people I think have them still be in there at twelve. Uh, I just feel that the way that this league is, when it comes to quarterbacks, every year we say, you know, uh, when the when the quarterback position is not great, we say, well, there's probably not going to be any quarterbacks go high, and then you see all hell break loose, and you see Mitch Trubisky going too, and you know, based on 14 games at North Carolina and stuff like that, happens all the time. Christian Ponder. Uh, so I'm asking the question. I mean, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that. Um, you know, it's it wouldn't be wouldn't be out of the question that, that these that the quarterbacks that are available now will, could be there at twelve. So they've already done their due diligence on stuff. I think uh, you know, and I've written stories. I've I've written the uh, uh, you know everybody's recap on Randy Moss and whatever anniversaries it was or when he went into the Hall of Fame. And um, they never thought that they, until draft day, basically, they didn't think that Randy Moss there was any way, shape, or form that Randy Moss would be there at twenty or twenty one or whatever it was. Um, and then like Brian Billick is, you know, famously said, you know, Denny came down the hallway and po- poked his head in my office and said, I think we're going to get Randy Moss. And then, you know, Brian Billick said, out, you know, Denny, what do you, what have you been smoking? Uh, which is, which is one reason why Randy, I think fell was because of questions about his off the field stuff and all, you know, the physical stuff. And, um, and Percy Harvin was the same way, you know, yeah. Percy Harvin wasn't expected to be there. Adrian Peterson in 2007. Yeah. You know, that's a perfect example of, you know, the Vikings were at number seven. Didn't think Peterson would be there. They had uh, the running back, um, oh, uh, number 19, the, the running back the year before. 
yeah. uh, from Toledo, drawing a blank on his name. Uh, but he he had had 1,200 yards uh, uh, and was had a, a fantastic season. And but and, and running back was like a position like now nah, they, they're not going to take running back. Well, Adrian Peterson was still there, and it's like holy crap, Adrian Peterson is still there. And there was questions about his his health, his uh, his durability, his shoulder, right. he, all these problems that he'd had. But you know they just you know Spielman, uh, they were looking at him going, you know this is a generational type running back, we're taking him. So. So yeah, if there is a special player like that, I don't know that this draft has that. Yeah, and and, and well, uh, it's probably not it, that it. But no, he's not. A, add in, add, go ahead. I mean, I'm saying that if it's a one of the edge rushers, like if Trayvon Walker slides, or um, you know Hutchinson's not going to slide, but say he did for some reason, uh, then then it's like I think they'd be prepared to like you know, hey, throw this stuff out the window. We're taking that guy. It's going to be interesting for them because I, you know, I personally think there'll be two quarterbacks taken in the top uh, eight or whatever. Uh, so the more quarterbacks that get taken, that, that pushes down, you know, got, you know, I, I, where, where, where it doesn't really help them, I think is, I think they're the two cornerbacks are going to go as well. Yeah. And um, so that takes some of the steam out of this, you know, perfect scenario. They get Derek Stingley and they get a, you know, all pro years out of him and live happily ever after. Uh, but that pushes down, um, you know, those tackles. They don't need this. They don't need those tackles. So where are those tackles going to go? They're going to go above them. So that helps them. Is there going to be two tackles that go above them or three tackles that will go above them? Um, so it's going to be, it, it, this is kind of a, and there's a lot of variables every year, but this sort of feels like more so because you don't have uh, that one or I think the, got great players up there but you don't have those quarterbacks that are just taking up the first three spots like last year so despite the fact that um i don't know that kellen mon is gonna gonna work out here and, and the vikings do need perhaps get if if kirk doesn't win the super bowl i think there's a need there to build that qb of the future that need coupled in with uh him dropping uh is not enough for you to grab patrick is it uh What's his name? Willis. Malik Willis. Malik yeah. Willis. Sorry. I, you know, I don't think so because, you know, everything that they've done, you know, has kind of been for, for this year. Not, I, I, I contradicted myself a little bit, but if they took a receiver at 12, I know I talked about it being for down the road, but um, if it's, maybe it's not the Alabama guy that's, that's hurt and he might not be back. Uh, you know, that's a different story, but if you take a receiver, you can still, you can still, you know, line up three and you can still line up four receivers now and, and work with uh, where you put Irv and all this stuff. So to get a, to get a quarterback, you know, that's not going to play for two years or three years doesn't seem to fit because, yeah. you know, and then you also, I, you know, they're also looking at who's available next year, who's available maybe the year after that. Uh, I personally don't know. I couldn't name a quarterback that's coming out next year, you know, to, to save my life. So, you know, maybe next year is a good quarterback year. That 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 weighs into to whether you're if you're in the Vikings situation, do you take a quarterback? Well, I'm looking up and I, I put up on my other computer screen here. Uh, um, the last mock by PFF at just be which popped just before we came on, and it's got the Minnesota Vikings taking one of your guys, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, a receiver, and it says Wilson may be the single most dynamic receiver in the class, and that's something the that they offensive tree 
is built to take advantage of. So um, that's he, what's he's got. Yeah, he, he's a guy that plays inside, plays outside, and um, you know he's that he's that versatile guy. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's that versatile. Yeah, I mean he'd be a he'd be a wonderful. 12th pick. Uh, well, that that's that's what PFF says. So let's dive into what Mark Craig says. Mark, uh, like as I said earlier in the broadcast, Mark put together put his together his annual mock draft for the Star Tribune, and it would be out tomorrow. Correct, sir. Yes, it probably dropped today okay. at some point. Give give me a, 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 maybe an overview with a couple highlights, and uh, and then uh, tee up. Uh, who the Vikings are going to take at 12, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, probably a lot of people, I have no idea, but a lot of people see it this way. You know, the, the top edge rusher is the best position in this draft. You know, and I think number, you know, the top three guys are going to be edge rushers. Um, and people are going to get three really good, good players. Now, number three, Houston is a little, you know, uh, you don't quite know what they're going to do. I would assume if, if Aiden Hutchinson isn't there and it doesn't go number one, Detroit is going to take about three, three seconds to pick the Michigan kid uh, number two. So, yeah. and then I, th- I think edge rusher is, is a position to Lovey Smith and the Texans need. Uh, I got two quarterbacks going in the top. Like, you know, I, I just don't know how in today's game uh, the Panthers don't take a quarterback. I got them taking Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, the Falcons. You know, I, I think Malik Willis is a guy that could play with the Falcons. I mean, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's got uh, the skill to kind of be your gadget guy this year. And then uh, Marcus Mariota is a one-year guy. He's, you know, he's not going to be around forever. You know, Atlanta last year decided, you know, they had the fourth pick overall last year. They could have had the fourth of those five quarterbacks coming out. They could have had Fields or they could have had, you know, Mac Jones. They decided, you know, one more year with, with Matt Ryan and they took a great tight end number four. Well, now, you know, they – they're, they're one of those teams that's desperate for a quarterback. So you have those two guys coming in. Where I think Derek Stingley goes is number four to the Jets. Hmm. Derek Stingley, uh, first of all, uh, he, he's healthy. I think he's proven that he's healthy. He's got that game. He's got that season from two years ago that's off the charts. Fantastic player. It's there. I mean, NFL teams are always, you know, like, you know, I know he didn't have the best you know, last two years health-wise, playing wise, but neither did LSU. I think the NFL looks at this and says, this is a guy that can be a top five talent. Plus the Jets are looking at, you know, Stefan Diggs twice a year. Now Tyreek Hill twice a year. Uh, the Jets need a D de- they need defense, you know, and you got the Jets having what two of the top uh, um, 10 picks, you know, they could come back with an edge rusher that Jermaine Johnson, that kid from Eden Prairie. That's what, um, uh, that's what PFF has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that he's one of the fastest rising guys, according to, you know, the PFFs and everything. And, you know, he's got the track record and it's, it appears that people, you know, are, are impressed with his work ethic and everything like that. Uh, the giants, you know, they probably take that, that Cincinnati corner at number seven and then they get to come back uh, or they're five. So they, they can get a tackle from Alabama, Al- Evan Neal at number five. And then they come back and get uh, a corner, you know, fantastic you know, 6'3 corner at seven. So uh, this is a draft that eight teams, a quarter of the league doesn't have a first-round draft pick. Yeah, that's crazy, that, isn't it? So that means that you have one-fourth of the league, is unless they trade and, like, uh, and, and get back into the first round, 
they're done. You know, it's, it's kind of becoming the Rams way, you know, the, the Rams haven't had a first round draft pick in forever and they won't have one forever. Now their last first round draft pick was Jared Goff, and, and they've given up. Thing, you know, they do have one thing, the Super Bowl trophy. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's monkey see monkey do. And, uh, you know, uh, there's some talk about Trayvon Walker going number one overall. I don't see him making a pass number three at, at, with the Texans. Um, you know, then the, to me, the, I got like seven receivers, seven edge guys going in the, in the first round. The receivers don't start going until the till Washington at number 11. And then it's, you know, gets kind of rapid fire from 11 to 19. Uh, Wilson, I got going to the Texans at 13. I could see the Vikings taking that. Um, but as far as the Vikings, here's the, you know, with the two corn, I've been saying Stingley for a long time, like everybody else. Uh, I just don't think he'll be there. And I don't think that at 12, you take the third best corner. Now, Ben Gessling from our paper, he did a, he did a, he does all seven rounds, of, you know, of, of the Vikings picks. And he's been pretty kind of pretty good track record in picking. Uh, I think he had Irv Smith in the second round that nailed that one year. I think might have, might have nailed uh, Brian O'Neill as a pick, wow. uh, two in the second round. Um, I don't get the first round pick right almost every year. Um, he's got him trading down and taking the, uh, the corner from Washington, uh, Trent McDuffie. I didn't do a trade down. I, I, I want to see what I think they'll take it at number 12. And I love the, the Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I think one of the, the, the needs, one of the needs that doesn't seem to get much love right now is that, you know, that defensive line. It's a three, it's a new, it's a new defense, a three, three man front right now. You have, um, you know, uh, you have Harrison Phillips from the Bills. He was their first, there's their prize free agent signing. Does he play the, does he play nose? Is he big enough to play the nose? Does he play one of the tackle end positions? He's, he's going to do one or the other. And then you, um, Dalvin Tomlinson, he could play the nose or he could play one of the end positions. Uh, and now you, this, this guy is, uh, is, is Jordan Davis. I mean, number 99 from Georgia. If you watch, if you watch Georgia play at all, I mean, he's a massive guy. He's quick. Uh, he, he can play any one of those three positions and be a starter, and he's going to make those guys behind him better. He's going to – he's could be a potential game wrecker in there. And it's a, yeah, it's a great spot to take, you know, one of those trench guys that uh, could really be a, a difference maker long term. So that's that's who I have. You know, it's I don't know how many people have him going. I know some have talked about him being a guy that's a possible number twelve pick, but I'll probably be wrong. But uh, I, I think that guy would look fantastic uh, in the Vikings. Well, the uh, the uh, PFS got him going to the the Ravens at fourteen, and I'm just looking in my other. You know, I've been subscribed to Sports Illustrated my entire life, and I'm. Not sure that uh, I, I agree with them anymore on a lot of stuff, but I don't even don't even see him on here. But I'm not looking very closely. But that's that's uh that's that's quite the pick, Mark. I got to give it to you. It'd, it'd be interesting to see a hit on that. Um, you know, uh, I after talking to you this entire time, uh, I've actually been swayed to not to pick uh, Jordan Davis because I don't know about him. And I was kind of pleased with what they already did on the defensive line, but I'm leaning towards the receiver now. 
And here's the the reason why, because you know that the Packers are going to be looking for receivers this year after losing Devontae Adams. And I don't want, you know, if the Vikings take one away, that that takes one out of their a bullet out of their gun, so to speak. So uh, for for you know for no other reason, that might be the way to go. And then you know maybe with your 12th pick in the next round, you can still get a decent cornerback or or something. But uh, what what, what if they what if they take what a bad bullet out of their route? What if they take a Laquan Treadwell out of? Wouldn't you have rather had Laquan uh, drift over to Green Bay? Yes, uh, I would. Yes, I would have. That's true. Yeah, that, that brings us right back to the point. That's a crapshoot, Mark. Yes, it is. It's crapshoot, and you know uh, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, so now that's that's when you're doing your mock draft. You're thinking, are you saying this is what will happen or this is what should happen? Uh what's well, that's a good point. I should probably do that. What should happen? That way, you're you can uh, you can hide behind. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a guess. It's 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 trying to you know, needs versus like, you know, impact. And uh, yeah, I mean, to me, if, if, it, if it falls down, now the, the one thing that, that even I have a hard time uh, swallowing, if this plays out, I don't have, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, I do not have uh, da, 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 da. The, 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 the Kyle Hamilton. I don't have Kyle oh, Hamilton. Yeah. I have, I have him on the board. At twelve, um, now he could be. Oh, he could go as high as number two to, to Detroit. He has been all over. Absolutely. Yeah, he. Well, I think it's one of those deals. It's. I think he ran a bad forty time. Mm. Um, and to me, it's you can get caught up in that. But also, uh, you know, I look back. Um, uh, in nineteen ninety nine, receiver from uh, Florida State. Uh, coming out, he went number five overall. Everybody was like, "Oh, he's a surefire guy." Um, Peter Warwick, and there was that, that national championship game at, at the Sugar Bowl in uh, on uh, the Millennium was, you know, it was uh, Michael Vick against Peter Warwick. Mm-hmm. Well, Warwick ran a bad forty time, and, and the people just, ah, you know, it's it's game speed. You know, just look at how he plays. And when he got in the NFL, he he wasn't as explosive. So sometimes. You know, you look at how they play, but the 40 times can make a difference. I know that they're trained how to run the 40 and stuff like that, but um, there seems to be some question about whether this the kid from Notre Dame has the speed. If he does, you know, he's he sounds like he can do it. He's 6'4", 220. Sounds like he can – he's like Harrison Smith, only a, a more modern version of, like, being able to play up at the line, be able to play back, be able to do all these different things. He's as big as some of the linebackers that are in this draft. I think he's as big as uh, uh, the Georgia linebacker Dean, the uh, Kobe Dean. Uh, so it's like he's a he's, he's a modern sized linebacker size uh, with 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 uh, safety skills. So he could be a guy that could be top five, or he could still be on the board at twelve, and that, that would be a hard guy to pass up. Yeah, because that is that to me is a need. That would be a need. You'd be getting the best safety in the draft. Uh, you put him right next to Harrison Smith, and that would be impressive. So I even made note of that. I was like, hey, this guy's still on the board. It's a hard one to pick up, pass up. But I just like the, the possibility of them getting so much more bigger physically, bigger, more physical, 
and stronger up front on that defense and just having a guy that can dominate up there as opposed to just kind of getting by. And because right now, you know, your starter would be, I would assume would be Armand Watts, you know, as that mm-hmm. third, that third guy. And that's just, and that's never mind that there's no depth behind those guys. Uh, so that to me is a bigger position of need than people are, are giving it credit. I would have to agree with that last statement there. Yeah, it probably is. Cause that has not, not I've, I've not seen that uh, anywhere else. I, I'm looking at this PFF and I see McDuffie going to the Eagles at 15, right behind the, the Vikings or shortly thereof. So I don't know if uh, if uh, he's going to be around there later, depending on how far uh, uh, Ben Guessing would have him drop down. So <clears throat> I'm thinking if he's there at 12, they're going to grab him. And uh, I would I I'm going to try to give my my pick. I think if McDuffie's there at 12, they'll take him. And uh, even though I'm starting not to lead towards another receiver, just because it ticks off uh, Packer fans, but uh, who knows? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I think Ben had him uh, trade, you know, get, taking him at 14 with a trade with the Ravens. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, to, to me, it's, I don't th- I don't think McDuffie will drop too far. I, I you know, but I don't know. And part of it just feels like, you know. Uh, We've talked cornerback for so long. It's like it's never just what we all talk about. Oh, it's going to be a cornerback, and it's a cornerback. There's got to be some surprise. There's going to be something different, something unusual, uh, which is why everyone tunes in, I guess. Which is exactly right. And this one's going to be surprising. And therefore, what you know, we're going to be back next week to discuss what the Vikings did wrong all throughout the draft because they didn't agree with you or me or anybody. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, that, but we will be back. That next week we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll put together a draft recap, and it'll be fun because they have, like you said, eight picks starting tomorrow night, Thursday, with the first round, and hopefully they they keep it, and it's something fun to watch. And uh, then we'll quickly turn over to the uh, Timberwolves to see how they're doing. Um, but uh, given that, it's. Uh, there you go. Check out Mark's mock draft in the paper t- later today or tomorrow morning uh, and get his more of his insight and uh, uh, come on back next week and we will rehash the 2022 uh, NFL draft and how the Vikings did. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to you, Mark. Thanks to Mike. And thanks to everybody else. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. And until then, skull.